Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. On January 23rd, 2020, China locked down the city of Wuhan, a city of 11 million people, to combat an emerging COVID-19 outbreak. Said deep inside the front lines of this crisis in four hospitals, 76 days tells indelible human stories at the center of this pandemic. From a woman begging in vain to bid a final farewell to her father, a grandfather with dementia searching for his way home, a couple anxious to meet their newborn and a nurse determined to return personal items to families of the deceased. It is truly a raw and intimate uh, look into this horrific and horrible um, pandemic that not just China, but the entire world has been dealing with for almost a year. And we're joined today by the director of 76 Days, and that would be Hao Wu. Hao Wu, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks for having me. Tell me uh, a little bit about how you got involved with this documentary film. I know that there were some other people doing some filming prior to your involvement. Tell us a little bit about how that unfolded. I think, first of all, I'm one of the three co-directors. Uh, so I, I, you know, a lot of credits goes to my two co-directors who took enormous personal uh, health risk uh, to be filming on the front line inside of the hospitals, especially inside the contam uh, contamination zone. Uh, usually, as a filmmaker, usually, uh, as we just talked about my previous film, People's Republic Desire. So with my previous film, I usually tend to focus on character stories. I normally shy away from newsy topics because a lot of times I wonder as a filmmaker, what more can I bring to a topic that's been well covered by news media already? Um, but COVID-19 has become really personal, I guess to some degree has become personal for everybody in this world. Because on January 23rd, 2020, the day Wuhan was put under lockdown, I had made plan to fly that day from New York where I live to, to, to Shanghai with my partner and our two kids to spend Chinese New Year with my family, with my parents there. Both my parents have late stage cancer. They had cancer surgery last year. So it was a holiday I was really looking forward to. So my kids could spend a little bit more precious holiday time with their grandparents. But then 24 hours before the departure, we learned about this lockdown and the government announced the lockdown of Wuhan. It came as a complete shock. We were really confused, didn't know whether this meant the government had things under control. That's why they resorted to such a drastic measure or it, it meant that the government ha has completely lost control. That's why they were fr frantically trying to do anything possible to contain us. Um, but so, it, you know, it was after much agonizing, six hours uh, hours before the flight time, we canceled the tickets for my partner and my and our two kids, and I flew back to Shanghai by myself. And it was an eerie experience to be spending Chinese New Year with my family locked inside the apartment and not being able to visit friends or relatives. And the streets of Shanghai, China's largest city, were completely empty. It's like in a zombie film. It was... Just like, you know, there's a lot of things we, we didn't know at that time. Everybody was uh, frantically searching on social media to find out what had made this outbreak in Wuhan so bad. Even though Sh Shanghai was far away from Wuhan, was not officially under lockdown, but the entire country of China went into voluntary lockdown. 
So the, the entire country was really confused and angry. I was too. Uh, so after I came back to New York in early February, when a US network approached me and asked me if I wanted to make a film about this coronavirus, because back then it was not officially declared as a global pandemic, yeah. I jumped down, I, I just like, I wanted to find out what happened. That's how the, the, I started researching and getting in touch with filmmakers on the ground. I talked to over a dozen before I found my two co-directors. You know, I, I, I really approached them, I asked them, can we find a way to work together? Because the footage truly shocked me because it was so raw, so immediate. It took me right there on the front line to see how much damage co the coronavirus was doing to individuals and to families. Even though later on the US network dropped out um, um, of the project, I continued on because you know, my grandpa was soon diagnosed with late stage liver cancer and he passed away in March. Um, I couldn't even go back to say goodbye and to him because China has started restricting inbound traffic at that, at that point. So I continued on because I feel like, you know, my family is being impacted by this. Um, even though none of my family member contracted COVID-19, but still, I really wanted to, to find a way to tell a story. Even though you had the network drop out, the U.S. network, you continue to pursue this as, as a project. How, how do you work with your with the uh, your co-directors in terms of documenting what was happening in Wuhan. How does that part of the work yeah. process work? So, so they were using um, cloud service in China as a backup, right? So every day after the film, they will upload the footage onto the cloud mm -hmm. uh, to back it up, and then they shared their logins with me, so I could download the footage in New York. So, uh, I, but then because the great firewall is really slow to download, and you. I will always be only be able to watch their rushes like two or three days after they actually sh uh, shot it. And then we will have some conversation, but mostly high level conversation. Like I would sometimes tell them, I found this character to be extremely interesting. Make sure you continue to follow. But um, they make a lot of the decisions on the ground by themselves um, because things are happening really, really fast in the hospital, like certain patients, you know, they, they would like to follow. They may, their medical condition might be changing dramatically. They may be transferred to a different hospital. And it was also really chaotic, especially in the early days in the hospital in the lockdown. So yeah, so we, we would chat, but then they primarily um, make the decision by themselves. And then because my two co-directors actually didn't know each other, they were filming independently at the different hospitals. Sometimes I would ask them to go out of the hospital to film like volunteer stories, some other stories. None of that actually made it into the final film because you know once I started editing, tried to combine footage from the two co-directors together and try to shape the story, um, I decided you know to focus on the frontline stories, not to deviate too much. The opening scene in the film, I think, really sets the tone for the film, and it also sets kind of the the at the end of the film the contrast between the opening and the closing of the of, of 76 days and in that scene it appears just to be chaotic these people are uh, the the frontline workers in the hospital are just frantically trying to figure out some of the how to operate some of the machinery 
and then and then you have this surge of people coming up to the door wanting to get in you have the you have people who are beginning to die and that one woman who is that awful horrible the idea of never seeing her father again there's a whole lot of things going in that first 10 minutes of the film that really kind of set up and give you as a viewer give you a sense of just how dire and how uh, imposing this this situation was for those people in Wuhan. I would just want to thank you for the way you were able to give us as an audience that sense of what was happening in Wuhan. Any comment about how that all played out? Or Yeah, I, I think when I first started working on the film, I, it took a while for me to reach the decision to find the container, you know, because the, I you know, I could ask my co-director to continue filming beyond the lockdown was lifted, right? So, but then I remember in early April when I first saw uh, some social media videos and people, sh sh you know, shot on their phones and shared on Chinese social media about the national mourning day when air siren was wailing and the entire city in Wuhan just shut, you know, everybody stops and mourn the dead. Um, as you know, that's that, I know that should be the end. Of, uh, of this film because I feel like it is a time for everybody to come together and mourn uh, what has been lost. And so then go backtrack to figure out what's the beginning of this film. So I realized, okay, the film will tell about the, the 76 days of lockdown. And then what, how to begin this film? It should be a place of horror, absolute panic. And then gradually we track the emotional journey of everybody involved is about coming to some kind of semblance of, of control uh, in the middle of the film, but even though it's going up and down and gradually we have a conclusion or the city uh, slowly comes back to life and that should be the trajectory. So, so that's why I decided to really like hit the audience hard with, with the opening scene too, which is Actually, what, hap what, what happened yeah. during the lockdown, because in the yeah. early days, is nobody knew what was happening and nobody knew how to deal with this. But, uh, and, and then, you know, there were some discussions about whether I should use some news clip to even highlight the bigger context, context right? Uh, what's happening in China, what's happening outside the world, or even have some news commentator to verbally tell you uh, what is happening there. But in the end, it was like that, I tried that, but then that, somehow dilutes the power of the viewers being able to be there and watch it for themselves. So, so yeah, that's, that's you know, um, in the end, we decided to, to, to strip everything off just to keep just like absolutely bare minimum to right. keep it there, to, to let people just look at a very observational film. One of minor listeners was speaking with one of the co-directors of this amazing documentary film called 76 days and we're speaking with Hao Wu along with his uh, his co-directors are Wei Chi Chen and Anonymous. Those are the two other co-directors who are not with us today, but uh, nonetheless, uh, amazing contributions to this film. The sense of that comes across in the film is the staff at, the, the, at these various hospitals. It's almost a wartime vibe to what they were doing this sort of they're doing a lot of sort of triage who who can we save how do we get through today but also you're able to blend in these these other these four stories of these people who are so we can kind of relate to 
these four different stories. And I thought all of them were extremely compelling and to see they all have a certain arc to that story. And that is, uh, you know, that's just good filmmaking, but, but what was it about those particular stories that got your attention and why were you, why did you feel like they should be in the film? I, I don't know. I think as a, as a, as a storyteller or as an artist, sometimes we make certain decisions because of our personal, not personal preference, it's our, our instinct. It's about yeah. the kind of story we would like to tell or the, the kind of story that attract, attract us. So, you know, even with the same set of footage, obviously different filmmaker, different directors will make different films, right? But I just remember when I, even when I was watching the rushes that I, downloaded from the cloud in New York while I, my co-directors were still filming, there are certain images just absolutely stood out. I, I feel like that's also probably a reflection of the, my own mental state at that time when I was watching and editing. Uh, first of all, personally, I have immense skill, right? Not being able to say goodbye to my grandpa. So any image that shows patients being so isolated, so lonely, but the, and they were trying to either reach out to each other or reach out to their um, medical staff. So th those images really stay with me. And, uh, and also I started editing in early April in New York when New York was hit. Yeah. That's the first wave of uh, COVID-19, um, the pandemic hit New York. So I just feel like there's so much fear, so much uncertainty of how long this is gonna last. I guess um, subconsciously, I was also looking for a glimmer of hope in all of this, right? That uh, to, to, to find evidence that we as human beings were capable of being kind to each other, not in some grand speech or uh, strategic decisions, but in, in these tiny, tiny little details. So those details truly attracted me and then stay with me as I was really going through the editing process. I feel like I keep on going back to those images. And then once I identified those images, I found the characters around those images and then I tried to track their stories throughout all of the footage I had access to, I had downloaded. And yeah, that's how I built the film. I mean, all four of them are compelling, but the, the, the story of the elderly man who comes into the hospital confused and upset and angry and hard to manage. And we watch his story from, from that point moving to the end. It's, it's quite a moving story. They're all moving in their own ways. But I, And then these frontline workers, I, I don't think we can say enough watching about them having watched this. As I said earlier, it's sort of a wartime situation things that may seem a little bit callous or clinical in the way that they went about doing their work are out of born out of necessity. They're, they're, these are just the only way you can get through something like what they went through. You have to be able to make these tough decisions. And we see, we see that in the film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also think the stories about the medical workers, right? In 76 days, I truly, truly believe uh, it's a universal story because yeah. I, I was in touch with a lot of filmmakers overseas, like in Madrid. Some, some uh, one filmmaker team, filmmaker team I was in touch with, they were filming inside the um, uh, hospitals in Madrid. And I also, you know, there's uh, filmmakers who are filming in Milan. And also, you know, here as well, I have a lot of friends in New York who work in the hospitals. So they were sharing a lot of stories with me. And uh, I, I, that really truly reminded me that the same story that happened in Wuhan 
were being played over and over again all over the world. So yeah. that's why part of the reason why in the end I, I took out a lot of the um, this specific uh, specific aspect of you know the Wuhan uh, stories because I just took everything out. There are, there are only like three cards to tell you what happened during the lockdown because I truly uh, wanted to build um, to 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 make a universal film yeah. that people audience anywhere can see themselves or see you know their own medical team that that, that helps support their family throughout mm -hmm. this. Um, pandemic to see all of that in this film. Yeah. And it's it, it just in the last second or two I, that I have with you, I want to just underscore just how important that is. And in, in fact, and how for those healthcare workers, for those frontline workers, how unprepared psychologically they were, they had, I'm sure, almost all of them had never faced that kind of overwhelming kind of wave of of uh, illness, wave of dealing with something that no one was quite sure what it was and how it was going to progress, and where where are, where were the hot spots and why and how and all those things for them to be dealing with that every day to go into work to put themselves in harm's way every day, not knowing exactly what they were dealing with is an amazing story. And it's one that should have, it should unite all of us. While this happened in China initially, it happened in Milan and Madrid and in the United States, all these places. It's, a, it's, such, a, it's such a missed opportunity and, so, and it's such a shame that political leadership in, around the world, including our own country, has chosen to use this as a negative impression of the rest of the world to put upon it some kind of nativism or nationalism in instead of understanding that this is something that we had to unite as a world to be able to deal with and that is a shame yeah that's i think that's absolutely spot on you actually said what i what i wanted to say which is the politicians always want to assign blame right i mean when they fumble on the in the response it's not just here it's uh, you, you we observe a lot of governments doing this mm -hmm. so but i think as storytellers as artists what we can do in this kind of current toxic environment is that using the stories we see and tell the story we want to tell trying to remind people that we're all in this together because this is a virus that doesn't care where you're from. It doesn't care about the national borders. The virus is gonna travel. So yeah. only by working together, being nice to each other in whatever small way we are capable of, can we live through this together? You could have put New York City as the title card instead of Wuhan in this film. It, yeah. it, the stories would have been essentially very much the same. That's right. Uh, other than some specific detail, like the grandpa being a Communist Party member, I, I, I truly believe a lot of stories, um, you know, probably have happened here yeah. already. Well, I want to thank you for your work. First of all, I love the People's Republic of Desire. I thought that was one of the most amazing documentaries I've seen in a long time, as well as this one, 76 Days. Uh, Hawu, thank you so very much. Uh, uh, is there a website we can send people to? Yes, they can visit 76daysfilm.com. And we have all the participating in theater that's part of the uh, theatrical release. The, vir the virtual Friday. release, okay. Yeah, virtual release. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for your work. Continue your successful endeavors. And I hope you'll come back again and join us for on here on Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. It's my thank pleasure.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.